Welcome to Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lance. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with Him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lenz. And hey, I have somebody really special with me today, Star, and this is going to be exciting to hear her journey uh, with Christ and all that's been going on. And I want to start out with prayer, but I want to remind everybody that in Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, for I know the plans I have for you. And God is doing amazing things in her life. And I'm hearing her story actually for the first time, and she's going to share it with you today. So I'm going to go ahead and open in prayer, and then I'm going to introduce you to Star. Heavenly Father, we just give you the praise and we give you the glory. We thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, for the opportunity to serve you. We thank you, Father, for sending your only son to the cross. And Lord, we want to bless those that are listening right now. Those who may need to hear this story today, Father God. Those that may not really understand where they're at or maybe they're just struggling right now, God. But it's through the story of Star that you're using, Father God, that you're going to reach that one person that's out there listening today. We pray for those, Father, that are spiritually hungry right now, Lord, seeking, wondering, asking, maybe in some challenging situation, Lord. So, Father, we just give you the praise, and we're going to give you the glory in your precious and holy name, the name above all names, the precious name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Good morning, Star. Good morning. Well, I'm going to turn it over to you so you can introduce yourself, and, you know, my prayer is that there's going to be that one person that's listening in today that's going to say, I need what she's got, and that's going to change her or his life. And uh, it's never going to be about age because we know that we're either going into a storm, we're in a storm, we're coming out of one. But we do have one thing that's constant, and that's Jesus Christ, and he does not change. Amen. So I'm going to turn it over to you and let you introduce yourself to the audience, and just uh, I'm excited to hear your story. Okay. As Brother Bob said, my name's Star, and when I was about 10 years old, I was walking down the aisle of my grandma's farm, and it was Easter Sunday, and... I realized then that Christ had died for us for our sins. And but at the time I was young, you know, and I real I realized that, but as I grew older, I really didn't get into church until we had a two year old little girl pass away. Mm. And we got into church and I prayed eight years for my husband to get into church. But this past eight years has been really troublesome for my family. I got terminal brain cancer, and they didn't. They told me when they took the tumor out that it was seventy-seven percent that it wasn't going to be cancerous. But two days later, the doctor came in and said, "Star, I'm sorry, you fell into that rare cancer percentile that." there's no cure for it so anyway i had to deal with it i begged my mom to take me and go get my funeral arrangements made because i really thought i was dying i went to a women's retreat with my daughter which when i'm in florida with her i go to that church so i i'm part of that family and uh anyway we went down there and i was just in the corner by myself praising the lord and thanking him for how far he had brought me and he said that cancer is no more so i got healed that day amen 
and so I don't have to worry about it. That's been, they give me seven years when they told me, and uh, October the 8th gave me eight years. Oh, praise God. Yes. Wow, hope everybody hears that. So if anybody out there thinks that because they have cancer and it's the end, even if it's in the last stage, God, you're not done until God says you're done. Don't give up until you take that last breath because he can still heal you when you're in that fourth stage. Amen. Okay. Now, June 4, I mean, January the 4th of 2020, my mom passed away on my son's birthday. Mm. Memorial weekend, same year, my 36-year-old son passed away just suddenly, wasn't expecting it. Mm. June 30th, I went to the hospital because I couldn't breathe. They sent me home. I went back. They sent me home. I went to my doctor in Cape, and I didn't know I went there. I didn't. I don't remember none of that. And they said I was acting kind of crazy, so they called my husband and said they were going to get an ambulance for me to St. Louis. I was transferred to St. Louis, and they said, this is my family talking, because I don't remember none of that that um, I only had 2% chance to live. By the time my daughter got from Florida to St. Louis, she said I had eight machines on me, two on my heart, and a machine on the rest of all my organs just keeping me going, and I, and I was on the machine. And they kept telling them, hey, look, you know, she ain't gonna make it. There's, there's no way she's gonna make it. Mm-hmm. Said y'all need to just go ahead and prepare for her funeral, and during this time all this was going on i was having like a dream in my head and i saw the funeral i saw what my husband was doing i saw people going into the the funeral home i saw my casket i heard him talking about going to the morgue i heard him talking about unplugging me and the nurse kept saying as long as i can see life in this woman i'm not going to unplug her and all this time inside of me i'm hollering god i don't want to die i'm screaming god i don't want to die i need to live i want to live and she would walk away and say i can't do it but she couldn't see me right all she could see was a corpse laying there but that was me telling god you know hey look I, I, I want to serve you. I've got something to tell. I need you. So anyway, that went through that, and I finally got to a room, and they just kept telling them if I even come out of it that I'd never be in my right mind. I'd be probably in a loony bin home somewhere. Yeah. I'm sorry to say it like that, but I don't know how else to say it. Um, and I'd never be able to walk. The medicine that they gave me, I went septic is what happened. And they gave me medicine up there to reverse the septic. And it burnt. I have pictures on my phone, but they can't see it. But anyway, uh, it burnt my hands, this my right arm all the way up to here like charcoal crisp. Wow. And this hand here and my my feet, and it went all the way up to my buttocks. 
and I mean they really thought I was going to lose them all the way up to my to my where I don't have anything sure but they made it to where they cut my I woke up one morning and I didn't have any hands or legs I said well I don't have no hands or legs I didn't know they did it and my husband didn't know they did it until it was too late but evidently they said it was in an emergency because the infection was spreading really really fast so they told told them that I was the way I was and I'd probably end up in a nursing home then and they said I'd never be able to walk or feed myself or do anything well I just want to give God glory right here because I walked in here. Amen. I wear a band on my on my left arm that I could comb my hair, brush my teeth, feed myself, work on my phone, whatever I want to do with this little band and my and my stick. But this is something else. The doctor told me that my kidneys would never work again i'd always have to be on dialysis and he was not a believer and i said doc let me tell you something do you know god do you know that he is a miracle working god i said he's my doctor he's going to heal me i'm not going out of here with dialysis he started laughing. He said, Star, I like your enthusiasm, but I'm sorry to tell you, you're going to be on dialysis the rest of your life. And I said, okay, whatever you say. I said, but I know my doctor. Amen. Six weeks. I was in the hospital 169 days. I went to from the burn unit to another unit, and I was in the burn unit intensive care for three months. Wow. But this doctor... I'm kind of jumping back and forth, but I think this is the way I need to go. Yeah, absolutely. This doctor, two weeks prior to me getting out of the hospital, um, had to go on a week's trip to Texas for a a thing that doctors do. And anyway, he came into my room, and he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, I really like your enthusiasm. He said, I believe he said, you don't got to be on dialysis no more. <laughs> I said, woo, thank you, Jesus. Amen. I could have shouted all over that yeah. room, you know. You know, I said, I told you so. Wow. He said, you made me a believer. Oh, right there was the first first testimony Amen. that I got to give. Well, not only that, when I started getting better, well, I'm going to tell you when I was bad. My, my dreams turned into nightmares. This is hard to talk about right here. I had a demon jump on my chest. And he was trying to shove hot stuff down my throat and said that he thought I'd like to have hot stuff in my mouth and I don't know what all. And there was a woman standing there and she looked like she's a big muscle woman and she had this machine on her hand that had four knives on it. And when she pushed down on it, those knives split like a banana. And she told me, she said, I've been waiting on you. And she put Mm -hmm. that knife up there and she said, I'm going to split your lips open just like a banana. And that she was going to shove it down my throat. And they had me tied on a table. This is nightmare now. They had me tied on a table 
and there was an audience full of people and my husband was there also and he had a knife and they couldn't I went into a ball and I just with no arms and no legs I just I don't know I just tied myself in a ball Mm. and they couldn't get me undone well I was just wondering they they told me they sold me for $37,000 to this hospital for they were just going to get rid of everything that had my nothing that was compared to me where there was going to be no evidence that I was ever there I was terrified terrified to go out of my room when I finally woke up I stayed in there for two and a half months until they kept taking me down for surgery because they had to do so many skin drafts and I screamed because I just knew they were going to take me back down to that room again And I just said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I plead. I even had Bruce bring me up a bottle of oil, olive oil. And I anointed myself and as far as I could reach around my bed. And I just prayed over my room every day. Lord, take control. Take control of this room. Don't let me die. Don't let nothing happen bad in here. Mm. At this time, I was still out of my head. He even had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and go home because I wouldn't let him alone. I kept saying, Tubby, I'm scared. I'm scared. And I was terrified. Yeah. And in my cl- in the bathroom, I was on the phone with him, and I heard a knock on the door. And I said, babe, wait a minute. I said, there's somebody at the door. And it was in the bathroom, and I kept saying yes, and it was it was open just a little bit. And I seen a flicker of fire floating up in the air and i hollered out i said if you kids don't get out of my bathroom you're going to fall and get hurt well it disappeared then i have no idea what it was that everything happened to me was real i believed it it was in my mind satan had control of my mind and he was making me think i was crazy well I talked to a very close cousin of ours, Carol, from Georgia, and she prayed over me. She said, Star, keep saying today, not today, Satan, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I'm going to be healed. He cannot have control of my body. He cannot have control of my soul. I started doing that, and I started getting better. Every day I got better. Everybody that took care of me, I got goosebumps all over me. Everybody that took care of me on three different floors, even the dietitian from the hospital, had to come and see me and talk to me. And I told him, I said, it was nothing but God that did this because I couldn't have done this on my own. I even asked for a glass of ice because I love to chew ice. And I have no hands, mind you. And they said, how are you going to do that? You ain't going to be able to do that. And I said, watch me. <laughs> so I just wrenched my, my nubbies up there, and I got that cup of ice, and I pulled it to my chest and put my teeth on that styrofoam cup. And I used this up here, and I ate that whole cup of ice. And they said, you did it. I said, yeah, with the help of God. Amen. There is nothing, nothing that you can do that God can't help you through it when we went to this women's retreat I was in the wheelchair and Heather and I were in the very back 
and it was like 200 women in there and there was 30 tables with six chairs to each table set up now mind you and it was packed full and the lady called said if you want to stay that means stay close to God if you want to stay in your with him just everybody come up to the front well it was a hundred percent everybody went up there yeah well of course i'm in this wheelchair and all these chairs are pulled out and heather can't push me with all these chairs out so god Uh made a way god made a path there was a lady behind us that was working the sound system that went before us and moved everything out of the way (laughs) so we could get up there and once we got up there and she you know everybody started going back to their seats well we were trapped we were trapped back there and or up front and we went into the corner well there was a lady that was in that re, uh, in that retreat that wanted to know my story and she had prayed that morning she said lord i want to know her story well i had been praying also if somebody needs to know my story you're going to let her get the the preacher give me the microphone amen she walked over there and handed me that microphone. I got to give my testimony to over 200 women last weekend. Mm. And I was excited about that. I had so many people tell me, you know, I said, look, she, she was the lady that wanted to know my story, worked in intensive care for 15 years. She said, I want to tell you something. I have never seen somebody that went septic live not only live but be able to walk and talk and do what you do yeah she said you are a walking testimony so they called me star the walking testimony but there is nothing wrong with you in your mind in your soul i mean some people think they're crazy all they got to do is say lord here i am yeah use me take me don't think that I don't have bad days because sometimes I do. I'm like, Lord, why, why can't I just get up and walk yeah. without these legs, you know, instead yeah. of having somebody take care of me 24-7 and depend on somebody? Before this happened, I was a very dependable woman. I mean, I'm in, independent yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Sure. I dressed up. I wore high heels. I did my makeup I, uh, every day every day i was that person well today i had to humble myself because now somebody has to do everything for me when i go to the bathroom when i take a shower get dressed even to do my i can put my own makeup on but she insists to do it (laughs) Um, but as far as everything else i am very dependent on people but I do believe in a miracle that God can give me brand new hands and feet. Amen. I really do believe that. Yeah. And I tell you, I just hope somebody out there gets something from this because God has done so much more for me than I can even tell everybody. But. I know there's somebody out there right now that has no arms or no legs or all four like me. Don't give up. Yeah. 
And one of the things I hear I hear in your in your story is you didn't give up, and and you your faith, your prayers. Uh, I love your your confidence. That's what I hear in your story. Uh, the even through the dream, uh, even in fear, and I, I took I immediately thought perfect love casts out fear. Perfect love casts out fear, and here you are, and you and you trust him, and you're in the room, and you're you're witnessing to doctors, and not once did I hear poor, poor, pitiful me in your story, that you are still witnessing for Christ, and I and I believe that you know when we do go to heaven, we do we do it's that you know we're going to be made new, and and it's going to be different, but also I believe in a God of miracles too, just by sitting here. When I think when, when most people hear. Uh, what's your what, what do you believe when I ask people what's what's your purpose in Christ? What do you believe God created you for? You know, nobody thinks about about what you went through your story and yet you're touching lives in an amazing way through your challenges through your story through your heartbreaks, but also You're just rejoicing in your and you're you're positive and like you said, you don't have every day is a good day It's not like you you know, I have this in the midst of that your faith is still deeply rooted and again, that one person that's listening right now that may be in the hospital, maybe just facing what you're facing, you know, what your challenges, which is like you said, you put your own makeup on, you're not complaining. But I think about that word dependency. And I've known a lot of people that went from, de- you know, being independent to deep dependent on someone. And a lot of people don't do so well in that transition. But one thing I'm sure of is that if we make ourselves continually dependent on the grace of God, and that we keep reaching for him. That's when I see these stories. You know, a church is a hospital. I've said it when we when we opened the doors here in May uh, after the construction was done. I said, I want you to picture this. We're opening the doors. And God's going to send us to people, just like in the story, we, we're, the, we're the, the good Samaritan, right? The, he's, he's dropped off at the end, the, the person that was hurting. God's doing the same thing here. And that's what we're to do. We're supposed to love and, and, and encourage each other and come alongside each other. So what an amazing testimony. And like you're just saying, you know, you're hoping somebody that's listening and, and, and we pray for that person. So that maybe, and I was going to ask you, uh, if they had to contact you, is there, is there a way they, so maybe want to, I wish I could talk to her, wish I could talk to Star. Is there a number they can call or an email or somewhere they can get a hold of you? There, I have, I, I want to, yes, but I want to say this one more thing. In that Two weeks prior to me getting out of the hospital, God told me that when I was balled up in that ball, that Satan was trying to steal my soul, just trying to completely steal my soul. He said, but you held on with the last thread of hope. Amen. And that, that, that's it. But anglinstar63 at gmail is my email address. Uh, Star Anglin on Facebook, and um, do they need to get a phone number? If you if you want to, you don't have to. I can give them this number and refer it to you. But if you want to give your number, I just know sometimes people may want to talk to you. It's just up to you. Uh, you don't have to. Okay. Uh, my phone number is five seven three two three eight nine 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 three. And if you have churches or your pastors or anything, and if you would like to have me come and give my testimony i would be glad to i don't care where it's at my husband used to be a truck driver so he's used to driving that's awesome i thank brother bob for allowing me to come here and do this because i it it makes me feel really good and that i know god's using me yeah 
Yeah, and, and more people need to hear your story. We, we live in a world right now where I wrote about this morning, there's so many people drinking from the wells of the world, and we know that'll never quench a person's thirst. It just leads down bad roads. And, I, and, and, and also I believe that more and more what I'm seeing is professing Christians, um, and I usually will say followers of Christ because that has action, that, that creates a different picture because Jesus did say, follow me. So what I see over the years in the church and, and Christianity is God has become a God of convenience. You know, I have money in the bank. I'm doing great. I got great health. Don't need him now. But as soon as tragedies, challenges hit, it's yelling out to God. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I remind people that this is a God that loves us so much. He sent his only son. I think about the scourging. I think about what he went through, uh, the humiliation to be hung on a cross. But he did it for us. And if more and more people would understand that he he wants a full 100% relationship with us that when we do face those challenges and I think that's when the rubber hits the road just like being in the boat with Jesus right they hit the storm and, and they get all scared and you know don't you care don't of course ye little faith you know he puts his hand out there and calms the sea mm-hmm. so I'm reminded that that's the relationship he wants with us not 99% he wants 100% and that's what I hear in your story, that in the midst of your, of, of your greatest, I mean, like you said, nobody called you up and said, hey, by the way, we're going to take you to surgery. We're going to be taking your hands and, and your, your legs, your feet. Um, and you wake up and said, I got no hands. I got no. But you immediately adapted and figured out, you know what, I need to move forward. And I think there's a lot of people that are hurting right now. They don't know how to move forward. Right. So what was your, when you first gave your life to Christ, what what did that look like for you? How did what what age were you and I was oh lord. I'm going to say when I was about 13, 14 years old. Wow. And I mean, of course, you know you in your life you're not always going to be perfect right. and you do things wrong. That's why every day is a new day, yep. a grace of mercy. And forgiveness. Amen. That's why you have to pray every day. Lord, if I've done something wrong today, forgive me. You know, that's that's a yeah. constant. Because the Bible says, stay in constant prayer. Yeah. You know. And I mean, I just, I love him. Yeah. And my, like I said, I mean, I got Holy Ghost filled when I was uh, like 20-something. Wow. My daughter got Holy Ghost filled on her 16th birthday. Nice. I love it. So what would you what would you say to somebody right now that's kind of hanging on the fence? They don't know what to believe. They're not sure. What would you want to say to that person that's listening going, I don't know, is God real? Is that, what, would you, what would you say to that person? I used to be in that shoes because when, uh, when our daughter passed away, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter, my, not my daughter, but... Uh, my sister came to me and Alicia was really really sick and she said um star do you want to come to church with me I said no we're we're doing fine right you know I don't need God right now we're doing we're doing fine have yep. Alicia's doing good and everything and it wasn't a couple of months later when she passed away mm. and that really broke my heart and I knew right then that the only way I'm ever going to get to see that baby again because there's no doubt at 18 months old she didn't go to heaven. Absolutely. 
and God showed me in a dream. Jesus showed me in a dream she was with him because I wanted to kill myself because she was my baby. Yeah. I mean, we had Heather and then another one and then Alicia. We had three children. And that night, he showed me that there was the most beautiful sky no clouds it was beautifully blue and the grass was so green and there was a tree that was just bloomed everywhere and there was a man sitting under that tree and it had a ring of children in it and alicia was sitting on his lap and he was telling them children a story wow so i got to see a little bit of heaven that's powerful i got goosebumps from head to toe but I did get to see that little bit of heaven, and I'm going to tell those people that have any doubt, don't put your, if you're going to go through a divorce, or if you're, I've never been through that, but if you're having troubles, you got bills that can't be paid, don't go to the bottle. Amen. Don't go to drugs. Don't do things that you shouldn't, don't think about suicide. Just raise your hands and say, Lord, I'm at my bottom. I am at my very, very bottom, and I need you to help me. And he can make a way if you just put your faith and belief in him. And I think that's, uh, well, it sounds like we got a helicopter right over top of us. That's a first. But, uh, yeah, and that, that's what, I, again, you go back to hearing your, your deeply rooted faith and how that circle of influence and you're, see, a lot of times people are wondering or, uh, you know, they ask, how do people define you? And, you know, do they define you as a worker? Like a lot of, you know, especially, you know, we know women are nurturers, right? Women, when they meet, usually talk about, oh, do you have children? Are you married? Men are defined by, oh, what do you do for a living? Are you, are you this, you're a mechanic? But you know what? What's amazing about being a full, loving, deeply rooted, sold out follower of Jesus Christ that's what we want to be defined by. So when people look at you and say, I don't, I don't know what she's got, because people will look at you and think, I don't know how she does it. I, how could I, how could I, ever, how, if that was me, I don't know if I could live without hands or without feet or without legs, or I don't know if I could live if I had to depend on somebody. Well, you know what? But when you're rooted and you have that kind of faith, God prepares you for all that. And I believe that in, in our own instance, because we don't know, we have no promises of anything. But he prepared you, and your story is a powerful story because we know, again, that there's probably people going to be listening out there thinking, I don't know how I'm going to get through today. And then there's those that don't, don't know where to turn in, in, in the times of dependency. And also, when some, you know, what I loved about your story is when, when that doctor told you, well, or told your family, well, you better just plan on getting ready for the funeral and all that stuff. And it was like, no. You know, when the doctor told you, you know, hey, you're not, you're like, no, I, I know who my healer is. And then for him to turn around and say, star, I believe. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was an ordained, I call those pivotal, ordained divine moments, right? For Jesus Christ, because it's through your story, more than words. It's, it's through your story of your challenges, your, the pain that you were experiencing, but you didn't show it. And I remind people that, um, that are going through suffering, that uh, sometimes that's where you find Christ in that suffering, and that He's right there. He will not desert. Right? Isaiah forty one ten says, "I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I will strengthen you." 
That's one of my heart scriptures, and I believe that. So like you said, there's people that may be going through some kind of an addiction, and instead of reaching for that bottle, reaching for that, that, that drug, really reach your hands up and surrender. Mm-hmm. And I think for the human race, that's difficult. They don't know how to surrender, but like yourself, there had to be a point, and maybe it was so quick, like a road to Damascus where you just said, I'm, I, I, this isn't going to define me. So when they think about star, they're not going to be thinking, oh, she can't do this. Or she's, she's, no, she's dependent on someone else. They think of a warrior for Christ. They think somebody that's that's positive and bubbly. And um, and I'll take a couple of pictures so it'll be on the site. So when they see you, they can see exactly who you are. And you're not embarrassed by it. You are, you are a, a beautiful masterpiece in Christ, right? And mm. I love that because he's taking you on that journey. And the lives that, that you touch through your story, that's powerful. Well, we just I'm gonna tell you something. I don't know how much time we got left. You but just, we got time. We found out early June that my husband has a rare cancer. Mm-hmm. The doctors say he has a rare cancer in his stomach and it's a mass that's over a foot long. He has to go have surgery on October twenty seventh. And we are believing in a total, total miracle. Yep. That when they get in there, oh, they're going to find a scar tissue. Amen. Because, I mean, even if he does have to have it, that's that's what he's got to do. But right. I'm believing in a miracle. Yeah. And when we went up to the hospital the first time for him to get his testing and stuff done, the, the <laughs> it was funny that you said that, but the lady at the desk said, girl, I could see the fire in your eyes. See? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then this past this past Monday or whatever Tuesday I think it was that um, I have to have in home health care now, mm. and to help Bruce out. And she come there and she talked and she said, "Can I have your story?" And I said, "Absolutely." So I began to tell her things and she's like, "Oh my God, you are a walking miracle." I said, "That's what they tell me." I said, and I believe it. I said, you know. I'm not the one for a whole lot of attention attached to me, but I tell you what, here lately I've been getting a lot of it. Amen. And, you know, when you said that people come up and say, I don't know how you do it because I could have never made it through what you did. Yes, you could have. Amen. If you just believe. Yeah, and I think that's what's important is, you know, when people tell me, this look on to me, oh, I I believe in God. You know what I say? What does that mean? Well, you know, I I believe in God. Well, what does that mean? Well, I I love my Lord. What does that mean? Because it's easy to say it. Yeah. Loving loving is an action word. It's a verb, right? So what does it mean to love? Or, well, I read my Bible all the way through in a year. Well, what does that mean? If your life's not changing, is your faith any deeper than it was before you read the, through the Bible? Uh, uh, so, you know, for me, it's always defining where is the depth of that faith. When, when, I, when, I, when I first heard, he says, you know, he stands at the door and knocks, right? If, and I believe this is what I see. Sometimes I think people open the door just a little bit you know the little chain that goes across i think people sometimes open that door and they can only see in just a little bit but they don't want to let them all the way in you see they want to let them in as much as they want because they got a lot of stuff in there and they're thinking well i don't want them to see all the stuff well god already sees that stuff he knows the depth of our faith he knows what we need it's just a matter he's just saying i need all of you again it's that surrender and i believe with everything that i'm hearing about your life is because you are surrendered you are here to serve 
So when I think about your purpose and passion, and you know, they say when your purpose and passion collide with Jesus Christ, you will never work a day in your life. That it becomes an adventure. So I think about, just like you were saying, hey, if there's a church out there that wants you to come and speak, I, I could see you going into school because this is what I believe. I believe if we get to the younger kids, as they face their challenges as they get older, a story like yours, they will be reminded, wait a minute, I remember, I remember Star when she came here and spoke to us. I remember why she was able to make it through her challenges. I need Jesus in my heart. You see, sometimes we get to the point where we're older, where change is harder, but it's that younger generations that we know, the kids are in school today, we know somewhere along their lives, they're going to go into a storm, hit a storm, or come out of a storm. But it's going to happen. So how will your life, your story intersect with them for Jesus Christ that they will, they will hear that story and remember? Because we're all connected by our stories. There's right, no doubt about right, it, right? Right. So um, again, I just want to r- remind people that uh, if you don't know Jesus Christ, turn your life over to Jesus Christ. Don't wait another day. So what would you want to say somebody out there again that maybe maybe they're getting a little excited and but they're still having that little bit of doubt. What would you want to say to the her or him that's listening in right now? This just came to me that um, our pastor preached on this a couple weeks ago that there's two men walking down the road and they were blind and they knew Jesus was coming up the road and if they had not asked him for help he would have kept on walking. Yeah. So if you don't reach out and say you don't want to live for Satan, you can't have you can't live for both. You got to have one or the other. Amen. You can't walk that fence because if you're walking that fence, Jesus that's lukewarm to him. He's yeah. going to spew you out of his mouth. You need to be as close to him as possible. You're human. You're going to make mistakes every day. Nobody is perfect but him. So if you make a mistake, don't dwell on that mistake. Immediately say, Lord, forgive me. Amen. And I'm I'm talking to myself, too, because, I'm, like I said, I'm not perfect. Yeah. You know, I make mistakes every day. I get aggravated all the time. And it's just... He has, we are a work in progress. Amen. And I want people to hear what you just said. I want to key in on that again, because you just said it. Hey, you, you, you have your times and you have your moments. I wake up some days, I'm grouchy. Sometimes I say something, but I remember when, when I first met my first pastor, I remember pastor Bruce Smith used to say, tell us all, keep it on short terms. Do not get mired in guilt and shame. Keep it on short terms. You know what? Go to the Lord and say, Lord, I ask your forgiveness, repent, and just move on. But see, the devil wants to keep us in shame and keep us in all that guilt and all that stuff. I'm reminded when how many times Jesus in the Bible walks up to somebody and says, what do you want? And I asked the congregation that, well, what do you want? Jesus is in front of you right now. Close your eyes. You open your eyes and he's standing there and he looks at you and says, what do you want? What, how, would, how would you reply to that? You know, and, and a lot of people don't know because they don't think of it. They're just not thinking about that kind of a relationship. And yet Jesus just said it more than once. What do you want? What can I do for you? This is a God that loves us so unconditionally. Yes. You know, what do you want? Yeah. So uh, are any last thoughts? Because one thing I want to do is make sure that if there's somebody out there right now that hasn't accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, 
They just have to profess the name of Jesus Christ. You know, I don't go into a long sinner's prayer, but if they're out there right now and they want to give their life to Jesus Christ and you're sitting there, I just want you to close your eyes, raise your hands and say, Lord, I invite you into my heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you went to the cross and you rose again. I believe you sit at the right hand of the Father. I admit that I've sinned and fallen short, but God, I realize I'm a a work in progress. But Lord, I want you not only to come to my heart and be Lord, but I want you to have 100% lordship over my life. And this day I give you 100% of my life. Lord, I want to be sold out to you. Lord, I want to, I want to just serve you each and every day. Lord, make me new. Make me who you want me to be, God. Because Lord, I just want to serve you. I want to embrace this new life in you. Give me that kind of confidence, Lord. Give me that, 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 that changed life, Lord. I want it all. In your precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. And if you prayed that prayer, call me, call Star, doesn't matter. Call your pastor, wherever you are, and let him know that you just accepted, invited Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior into your heart. It doesn't matter. We are one big body of Christ. So, uh, Star, what would you want to say to somebody if, if they're thinking about How would you say, I want you to accept Jesus? That it's the most fun you'll ever have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because you kind of feel like a free bird you know yeah you've just when you accept him in your heart you just want to run and say hey i accepted jesus into my heart because you just feel so clean and i mean once you throw those sins to him he throws them into the sea of um, forgetfulness yeah and they are never to be remembered again so you that's something you don't got to worry about yeah amen I love it. Well, it's been great today, and I, and I hope that you'll come back in the future. And, uh, you know, maybe every uh, now and then you could talk about some adventures, maybe some things we'd love to. And what's your husband's name? Bruce. Bruce. So uh, those that are listening in today, I want you to pray for Bruce. Pray for that. That You know, when we pray in God's will, that's where we want to be. You know, we, we don't want to pray in our will. We want to pray within the will of God. We know that the will of God is good for us, right? So we pray for that miracle. And God wants the best for it. He is still the great healer. He is still a, a loving. He is still a faithful God. The same God of the, of the Old Testament. Same God before creation. He is still that same God. And we just put our faith in him. But when we pray in the will of God, we know it's going to come out exactly the way it should. There's no second guessing. So we want to lift up Bruce. We want to put his needs at the altar today. Lord, would you touch him in a mighty way? And Lord, Father God, for those tests, Lord, let them be as my sister just said, Lord, that when that reveals, it would be just scar tissue, God. But Lord, when we pray in your will, we pray for the right surgeons. We pray for the right doctors. We pray for the right medication. Lord, we want the whole thing. And your word says when you pray, you're telling us to believe as it's already happened. So Lord, we're going to thank you in advance for what you're going to do. And we thank you for this day. And we thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you've given us to pray for Bruce today. And I want to pray for my sister, Lord, as you continually use her in a mighty way, Father God. Lord, she's got more hands. She's doing more with her hands and feet that she doesn't have than sometimes those who physically have their hands and feet, Lord. And we're so thankful, Father God, that you would use her in a mighty way for your kingdom work, Lord. I pray for the influence that she would touch as she leaves this room, that that anointing that, that, that is prayed over her today, Father God, as she will touch lives, Father God. There'll be people in your kingdom, God, that one day when we're all there, she'll turn around and somebody will come up to her and say, thank you, thank you. I was the life that was changed. I heard your story. Because, Lord, we know that we don't often know whose lives we're influencing, Lord, or where we're planting seeds. 
But God, she's planting seeds. She'll be planting seeds today with this podcast. And Lord, she's going to be continually planting seeds where she goes and speaks, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would open doors for her and you would close some doors for her, God. Whatever your plan is, let it be your plan. So, Father and Holy Spirit, that you would continually move in her life, in her family's life, Father God, as you continually use her. And we give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in your precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. And so I'm going to let you close us in prayer. Lord, just thank you for everything that you've done for me and how you've raised me up, Lord, and given me the strength to do everything that I do, Lord, because I say, by your strength, Lord, not mine. Lord, I ask that you just touch everybody out there that's listening, Lord, and if there's one person, just one person that I have touched through your words, I just ask that you give them a special, special blessing, Lord. And just touch their life and give them something they've never had before. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to close out here and just want to remind everybody, this is Real Purpose. And we got Star here today. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing more stories because it's just one part of a a bigger book. And uh, I I just love it. So I want to thank you again for joining us here at Real Purpose today. Again, if you have any questions, call Star Direct. You're just going to have to Star, what's your number that you want them to call? 573 238-9993. Yep. So if you want to talk to her, you can call her direct and I'm sure she will change your life. So I want to thank you again. Be blessed and never forget just how much Jesus loves you. Amen. God has a real purpose for each of us here in this life. It begins first with an intentional desire to have a relationship with Jesus Christ who wants you to connect with him. We appreciate you listening today and pray that you will join us next week for Real Purpose with Pastor Bob Lenz.